0: Welcome to podcast number 36 for Thanks for Your Service. Our focus are on historical topics relating to the Australian military. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, just search for Thanks for Your Service. Our website is www.thanksforyourservice.net and you can also email us at info at thanksfoyourservice.net. Will Davies is an author and historian and has written a number of books on Australian military history. His latest book is about a secretive unit that operated in World War Two, which was the precursor to the Australian SAS. Joining us on the line from the northern beaches of New South Wales is Dr. Will Davies, historian and author. Will, many thanks for joining us. No worries, Sabit. Thank you for having me. As an author, your latest book, Secret and Special, is about the untold story of a unit that essentially is a precursor to the Special Forces in Australia today, and they were known as the Z Special Unit. Who were they?
1: David, I've got to just qualify the Z Special because the Z Special was actually an administrative name of the unit, and, and I, I've used it, although in the body of the book I talk about uh, uh, SRD the, or I talk about SOA, Special Operations Australia, and... Um, but everyone if anyone knows anything about this it's a sort of popular name for this organization so I've just retained that and uh, uh, because my readership is a, a general readership um, they're not academics or military uh, you know necessarily big military historians so that that's the first point the second point is I, I, I get sort of told that it's not an untold history well for those that are into it, that's not an untold history, and there've been a number of books written, often by operatives themselves, after the after the war or between, you know, nineteen forty five and really recently. But there've been self published books; they've had um, generally a pretty limited distribution. So, in terms of a of a of a general readership book, um, it is a bit of an unknown history. People might have heard of the. The crate raid on Singapore, Operation Jaywick, when the crate went up there and deposited some kayak teams into um, uh, into Singapore harbour and came back successfully. They might know of that, but probably they wouldn't know much other than that one uh, very successful and high profile raid. Of
0: course, there's still uh, a physical uh, representation of that raid, and, and the crate is still uh, in existence in Sydney
1: yes it is it's been extensively um uh, repaired and looked after it's now a floating relic uh, at the national maritime museum in darling harbour in sydney and there for all to see so uh, and only in the last couple of days um there's been a ceremony because there were two flags made in australia japanese flags made that were to to fly on the on the on the cry during the operational raid and been handed over to the National Maritime Museum by descendants of um, uh, the navigator um, a guy called Carr. so you know things are still coming to light and it's still a very um, um, important bit of our history that uh, people are interested in.
0: Now, In terms of your book Secret and Special um, why was the unit created?
1: Well it really goes back to
0: an operational problem that Australia had
1: much like what Britain had after the withdrawal of the uh, the British expeditionary force from France. We know about it leaving Dunkirk, getting back to Britain. Churchill couldn't do anything about uh, invading occupied Europe. He couldn't really hit back at the Germans other than by um, um, uh, bomber command. So he came up with this idea, it became known as Special Operations Executive, SOE, with the idea that they'd put back into occupied Europe particularly nationals from countries like Belgium, France uh, Holland, uh, right through Yugoslavia, Greece Um, they put back uh, trained operatives to um, stir up discontent, sabotage help organise the underground armies that were uh, running around um, gather supplies, gather intelligence and in an organised way carry the fight to the Germans. So when the Japanese swept down through Asia very quickly and they're suddenly up in New Guinea and in Timor and right on the doorstep, the Australian government thought, well, we should do the same. We should have an organisation that became Special Operations Australia and they then started training um, mainly uh, army operatives uh, to go in and be parachuted or be put in by submarine or fast patrol boat and put in behind the japanese lines and to do much of the same thing raise guerrilla armies uh, uh, take uh, take supplies arm the people um, gather intelligence do sabotage that sort of thing that um, so it was the the need really to strike back at the japanese when um, you know in early 1942 through 1942 the the Jap- Japanese were on the, on the front foot and Australia was really fearing invasion itself. So that was that was a broad plan.
0: Now, in terms of uh, of this book, book what motivated you, you to write it? Well,
1: it's funny. When I was a kid, I, I went to boarding school and as a little kid, I rang um, Ronald McKee's book, The Heroes. Now, he wrote that, Oh, I think it was published in the early 60s and um, it was gathered the information was gathered together from the, some of the operatives that had returned off the crite and um, he had no access to the official files which were embargoed probably till the early 80s I mean I was trying to get some of them in the late late 80s and, and they wouldn't release them from the National Archives in Canberra for me Um and so I'd read this book, and, and this as often is the case. These ideas sort of simmer away and fester in your brain. And I made a, I made a big series for the ABC, in 19, went to air in 1992, called When the War Came to Australia. And again, I went down to the National Archives and tried to seek out some of this, um, uh, this story of this uh, mysterious group, you know, the Z Special Unit. Uh, I I got a few files but again as I said uh, they didn't release them all and it was only probably into the early 90s that they began to be read and
0: uh, declassified so um, yeah. During the course of the war the the Z special unit carried out some 81 covert operations in the southwest Southwest Pacific theatre take us through a summary of your book what does your book focus on?
1: Well I try and I mean I try and cover pretty much all of them in in a in a you know a, a fairly readable way. I'm not trying to um, claim any original, particularly original research. I'm trying to tell a, a big, broad sweep of history, um, and most of those raids are in some way covered. Some of them, you know, if you you, you take the name of a, an operation, and there might be Eight or eight sub operations all called you know octopus one two three four five sort of thing um, uh, and also they were going on concurrently there was operations in Timor and there were also the beginnings of operations in New Guinea and and uh, as the as the um, not only as the strategic situation changed and priorities came and went I mean some operations were planned that never got off the ground simply that the operational necessity of going into that area had passed you know um, particularly the advanced Guinea coast things were happening much quicker than they could plan an operation put men in and, and, and do whatever they'd sought to do with them so um, you, you, you you I covered as best I could the operations in Timor uh, Papua New Guinea um, the operations in uh, Borneo and Sarawak and then in what was called the Spice Islands, the old Dutch East Indies that um, uh, like the Malukas and uh, Salibis and, and then towards the end, the final um, breakout of the of clearing Borneo uh, with the Australian attacks, first at Tarakan and then at Balikpapan, final Rounding up of the rogue Japanese that existed running around in the bloody jungle still, you know September October when the war had finished in mid-August, so They had a bit to do even after the end of the war
0: Yes, Secret and special is your latest book and you've written a number of books related to the Australian military Can you tell us about some of the other books you've mm. written?
1: well the first one I wrote that became a bestseller both here and in England was actually I, I edited a wonderful, wonderful manuscript written in the late 1920s by a young return soldier called Edward Lynch. And, um, Lynch had, uh, was a boy from Bathurst. He'd arrived on the Western Front at 18, um, in early, the earliest days of 1917, went right through the war, got badly wounded at Messines. Anyway, he wrote this book um, in 20 school exercise books in pencil. He was a teacher down in the Tumbarumba area, down in the sort of snowy mountains, a one-room school, had a bit of time. So he wrote this story, and uh, um, during the Second World War, he, he, he had some officer posting somewhere that in Australia that nothing much happened, so he typed it all up. So in about 2004 or five, his grandson, who was a mate of mine, just said to me one day, mate, you like all this First World War history stuff, have a read of this and handed me this big, fat leather-bound tome I mean, it was three inches thick, um, full scap, double space typing and I started to read it and went oh, this is amazing. So I sent it down to Bill Gamage, a historian mate of mine from ANU, and he said, look you know, this this is really he called it Australia's All Quiet in the Western Front, mm. and so long story short, I I did a major edit on it, got it published through um, uh, Random House Australia now Penguin, and uh, then I wrote a follow-up book called In the Footsteps of Private Lynch, which followed precisely the chapters and the structure of the Mud book, so I could place his story in context. So he'd written a he'd written a fictionalised sort of story of, 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 of six mates going off to war from from Sydney on the boat, but they were, that that story was closely followed the history of the 45th Battalion, which I had a copy of, and I found the spellings, spelling mistakes in the, the official, or in the battalion history and in his document, and anyway, I tried to work out who these characters were, Longin and Snow and the Prof, and I couldn't really determine any of them being real men, but I'm sure they were modelled on real men. So that was the second book. And then then I was invited to write a book to accompany the release of the film Beneath Hill 60 about the Australian tunnelers in the First World War, which was a really terrific story. Um, You might have seen the feature film that's been very popular. Um, After that, I wrote a book. um, I I did this... um, in the, in the opening part of the uh, 13th, 13th Battalion uh, history, there was a, a reference um, to um, to uh, a dedication in the front of it to a young guy. I'm just looking for the book so I can read it to you. Uh, it was a, a, a lovely dedication to um, this uh, commanding officer, and it intrigued me, and it just simply said, I'm reading this off the official history here. It just said, yeah, history of the 13th Italian AIF, um, d- dedicated to the Gamus Old Man, their colonel, their first colonel, and to the memory of our gallant young colonel, the late Douglas Gray Marks, DSOMC, who, after c- uh, continuous glorious war service from the beginning to the end of the Great War, gave his life in an attempt to rescue a stranger. From the undertow at palm beach on the 25th of january 1920 at the age of 24. Mm. i thought goodness what what a, what a story here's a young guy he becomes a co of a of a battalion of close to a thousand men he's 22 mm. you know and uh, uh, and then the poor bugger goes and bloody drowns trying to save someone in the surf so that became the next book and um
0: which was called the uh, boy, that the, was the, the boy
1: colonel the yeah. boy colonel mm. Yep, and then I followed that up, and this came out in about August 18, and it was called the Last Hundred Days, and it was about the very end of the the, the First World War, the Australian advance from Villers Bretonneux, the Battle of Amiens, and right through to the to the um, last action of the Australians at Montbrahan in early October 1918, and their return to Australia. So, oh, and after that, I. I read a small book about um, um, the Chinese Labor Corps and the Chinese Anzacs because I'd, I'd see these graves in the Commonwealth War grave cemeteries in France to Chinese laborers, and I thought, what's all this about? And they it turned out they were uh, a large group of Chinese uh, uh, coolies, basically, sent to the Western Front, and some of them died of, not military action generally, but disease and Smallpox or, or you know uh, influenza, and so I started researching this book, and um, because I wanted to raise some money and awareness and get some money to put a little plaque in the Chinese Gardens in Sydney, just saying remember the forgotten. And uh, anyway, long story short, I, I got assistance financially from a Chinese guy I met, and uh, uh, in the course of researching it, I heard about the you know 350 Chinese Anzacs. Um, I visited the. Chinese Museum in Melbourne, and they had an exhibition on, and a fantastic, you know, exhibition. And um, here were all these Chinese ANZACS that I'd never heard of. You know, I'd heard of heard of one guy called Billy Singh who was a sniper at Gallipoli, but I didn't know that there were all these others. Mm. So anyway, that came out as a little book called The Forgotten, and then uh, then I got on and wrote um, Secret Special. So yeah. um, it, I've
0: been a bit. You have been, but also in your spare time, you lead tours to the Western Front. Yeah, I do. I've been doing that since
1: 2010, and uh, sadly I can't, can't get away these days, but uh, I'm still planning on doing it, and if anyone's interested, please contact me, because I'm hoping... I've actually got one penciled in for late this year, November, but I know I won't be able to probably do that one. Um, and also uh you know the next one really would be april may 2022 so hopefully. please if anyone's interested get in touch
0: yeah yeah. Absolutely. yeah hopefully yeah hopefully so um now where can people go to buy your books and then we'll talk about uh, the opportunity to get signed copies of secret and special
1: Mate, i've got if anyone's interested in any of my books um i can provide a signed copy they can they're, they're often good as a gift you know to for someone's birthday, dedicated to, you know, whoever, and signed. Um, uh, if you go to my website, which is just info at Will Davies, D-A-V-I-E-S, a u. info at Will Davies, one word, um, just drop me an email. I'll get back to you and say here's the account details, tell me where, what your postal address is, who you'd like it dedicated to and I'll get it in the mail tomorrow. So that's fairly fairly easy and uh, happy to do so. People like uh, signed copies, they uh, you
0: know, good. Yeah, and, and we can provide all those links on the podcast on our Facebook page. So um, we'll, uh, a fascinating uh, insight into secret and special and obviously we can keep an eye on those Western Front tours. We might come back at a later date and chat to you about that um, but look thank you so much for your time today that's the podcast for today you can find the relevant links mentioned in this podcast on our facebook page and will can be contacted via email at will at we're keen to hear your feedback leave a comment on our facebook page and if you're listening to us via itunes or other podcast apps please leave a review If you're interested in support of this podcast, you can support us via Patreon. The link is www.patreon.com forward slash thanks for your service. Your support helps us with the production of this podcast. Thanks for listening.